Hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Well, <laughs> debates happened, and, uh, you know, we were pre, pre-show, pre and, uh, you know, a guy in-, in Boston agrees with me, but I, I say that every stinking candidate that was on stage last night legally and technically disqualified themselves, but also in a legal manner. They Everybody likes to go, oh, the... The Constitution and law, well, they... Well, let, as my friend would say, let's uh, pull that back. What, how do you say? Let's uh, back that bus let's up. Let's back this bus yeah, up. Let's back the bus up. What you're saying is they disqualified themselves for what reason? All right. Let, let's go back to what is Trump indicted for? January 6th, yeah. right? The insurrection. All right. Number one, the insurrection has never been officially declared in a court of law or anything like that. Yes, we had the congressional hearings. Uh, that was a congressional witch hunt. It is not a proper hearing. They, The Democrats could charge him with it, but it's not a conviction. So there was, there is no insurrection. There's an accusation of an insurrection, but the simple fact is it is a matter of opinion. And it looks like the country is divided not even down the middle, more leaning towards Republicans saying it's not an insurrection. But they went along with that, and they said his conviction. Wait a minute now. Let's go back here. The conviction is not a conviction. He has not been convicted of an insurrection or anything of the sort. Well, he's been indicted. Okay, the grand jury. Now, what is a grand jury? It is a one-sided convenience of jurors that is set up by the prosecution to go, I want to try this case. Okay, you are my chosen people here. Do I have an audience here with you to say that I have a case? Yes, I do. And you don't even need a majority. You just need two-thirds, three-quarters. That's it. There is, and there is absolutely no legal jurisdiction other than, yeah, I think we should have a trial. That is not a conviction, which is what Fanny is going on. The grand jury has nothing. There is no conviction. There has not been a conviction. And for them to get up there and say that and everyone to say, well, the 14th Amendment, he's disqualified, means you don't understand how the federal law system works. You don't understand how law works. You don't understand the Constitution. And therefore, you don't have any business being in office. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole debate. I saw it in bits and pieces because... It was a circus show. I had very little interest in it because I've it already made up my mind. Show. The people that I, I, I would vote for for the presidency if Trump wasn't running, uh, I know who they, my preferences are already, uh, and I'll just leave it at that for the time being because uh, the, the whole thing was even the format of the debate... The, the number of, uh, you had 30 seconds for this. You had one minute for that. It was and, a joke. And you couldn't get, you were constantly being interrupted by, of all people, Mike Pence. You know, Mike Pence, uh, who was put off so many times by uh, people's responses. And, oh, well, uh, Mike, calm down, okay? And stop acting like you're doing a, a high school debate, all right? Just keep your mouth shut and let people answer the question. But he couldn't do that. 
Uh, most of them couldn't do it. Chris Christie, my God, he looked like he was late. Rosemary Doseboy, yeah, yeah. He wanted to get out of there to get to a Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, the guy, unbelievable. They they really offered very little. And when they asked the question, who will support President Trump if he's the nominee, no matter what happens with these indictments, everybody raised their hand saying they would support him, except for Asa Hutchinson, who has who has 0.01% people uh, following him right now, which means that he has the people in his family uh, following him. And that's, a, that's about and it. And that's debatable. That's, that's, that's debatable. true. We would have to poll them. You're absolutely correct. But the thing is, if you watched when they raised their hand on that question, uh, the first one to, to say he would support President Trump was Vivek Ramaswamy. This guy, this kid... He, he's he's a, smart. He's a sharp young man. He's only, I think, 38 years old, and he is already a millionaire many times over, and uh, he has a great personality. He's all-American, and uh, he's somebody to look out for, if not now, down the road. Uh, but the last people to raise their hand were DeSantis, Pence, and Christie. They were, I mean, they were so slow to raise their hand. It looked like they were waiting for another question to happen before they raised their hand. It was, it was pain, painful to watch them. And when they raised their hand, it was like, okay, I guess I got to back that too. It wasn't with any uh, enthusiasm. It was no, slow no. and it was, so you kind of know where they stand. DeSantis did not, in my estimation, again, I didn't see the whole debate because I was watching something which was far more entertaining. He was, he was a big fail. He it, was a big yeah, fail. He, he was a big disappointment from what I understand. Um, but uh, uh, one of the things that happened in the debate last night is the audience booed Chris Christie to a point yeah, where— Yeah, they did. Yeah, to a point where um, Brett Baer had to stop everything— turn around like a high school principal and uh, chastise the audience. And, uh, well, I'll let it, here's what it sounded like. In an answer, you sit here in an answer, right? You sit here in an answer. Go ahead, Governor Christie. Hold on, Governor Christie. So listen, the more time we spend doing this, the less time they can talk about issues you want to talk about. So let's just get through this section. Governor Christie. (laughs) I mean, Chris Christie, uh, if he didn't know where he stands before the debate, he does now. He does now. I mean, Well, I understand he did stop at a Dunkin' Donut on the way home. He was better (laughs) after he had, you know... He got you two know, donuts. Apple he was fritters so... and uh, two chocolate, uh, <laughs> chocolate covered chocolate cake donuts. He had a whole oh, bag of those. Gosh, you know this 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 guy doesn't. But he he's got to know he hasn't got a snowball's chance in Hades to uh, win the presidency. He's got to know it because all you have to do is look at the polls. He's he's going nowhere. All he is is a flamethrower. He's a bomb torse tosser. Um, but that's what he wants to do. I mean, look, he's he's gonna he's gonna get rich out of this anyway from can whatever campaign contributions he gets, he's gonna make some money out of it. And uh, I'm sure his handlers and he has handlers. I I, I don't that know must about be a Vivek, job. Yeah, yeah, because that's a lot to handle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe Vivek doesn't. But 
all of the guys up there, Nikki, all of them, uh, except maybe the South Carolina gentleman, I forget his name, he's got no presence. He mm-hmm. seemed like a nice guy, but even he, you know, is saying insurrection and didn't, I was going, bad move there because guess what, pal? You know, most of the people from, you know, the, the, that I know uh, and where you come from don't believe this insurrection thing is real. They think it's fake. So, so that's yeah, the, I, that's the thing that gets me. What you just said is very, very, very true. Most people that I know who are paying attention uh, to the elections in 2020, it's a fait accompli. That means it's a done deal. Okay, it's a done deal. That was a stolen, a corrupt election. Now, in this world we live in, this dystopian world we live in, they don't want you to believe that. Okay, it's not. It's, you you've right. seen it, you've smelt it, you tasted it. You know it's dishonest. Yet the 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 deep state and all of their minions, they want you not to express your feelings, your honest feelings. They want you to say verbally, raise your hand, everybody on the stage. Do you think the election was stolen? And and if they raise their hand, they are considered to be kind of strange, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, uh, the, who were the two hosts of it? Brett Bear and who else? Ma- Martha McCallum. Okay, both of them, uh, they went into the woke side. They're, they're, they're just... Oh, all they're, of Fox has. Fox is... Yeah, well, so, not all of them, but I mean, most of yeah, them. They, they went down the toilet. Look, you have over 100 million people that had to log in and watch Tucker and Trump. All right? Now, for Fox, you could go online or you could go to a Fox station and see it. They might have had but, maybe six million Fox did. And, and I think that's over an overestimate. But think about you know, it. People were criticizing Trump for going over to Tucker. Oh, he's going to the internet. Well Trump all right. Trump had a pretty good handle what was going to happen. He got yeah. over a hundred million views. All right. Now I mentioned this before the show and I'll mention it now. Somebody had called me yesterday and we were talking and um you know, she made the comment. She goes, you know, I've never been into politics. I really don't follow it. You know, I mean, you know, they were boring. Uh, you know, uh, you got the Bushes. They were boring. Uh, you know, she named all the Republicans and all the Democrats do. And Obama, boring. It's just it's the same stuff. And you'd fall asleep listening to him. She goes, but Trump came along. And love him or hate him, he's charismatic. He's dynamic. And I started paying attention to the news and to the politics and what's going on. And now I listen and I watch because of him and I'm not happy. And, you know, it made me realize kind of like what Ronald Reagan did. Ronald Reagan was kryptonite to uh, the Democratic Party and was uh, a superpower, a superhero for the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Trump is the same thing, but even more so than Reagan ever was. Yeah, and a lot of he that is, is because of social media and the way we communicate today. He's actually right. out there. He's much more personal. He's, he's yes. on your device in your hand. So if he is the guy that is, you know, you know pump, pumping the adrenaline in the veins of America, you know, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you need to pay attention that Trump is the man 
And that is the audience, no matter whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, he commands the people mm-hmm. that are important and the real true voters. If you've got 100 million people, you know, the only way you can lose the election is it to be stolen outright. Now, think of what most people had to do last night to watch Trump. Now, to watch the Republican debate, you went over to your television, you flipped it on, you, it held, on. you held your remote, you went to the channel, and you watched it. When you watch it on Twitter, for the most you part— have, You have to have an account. You have to you have to have a Twitter account, absolutely. Although you could watch it on gay, places like Gateway Pundit. They had it last night. They streamed it as a, as a secondary. Uh, but you had to you had to do extra things to see it, and a hundred million people did those extra things to watch President Trump. By the way, Bill, it was by far. Above and beyond any other interview I've ever seen him do anywhere in his presidency and beyond. I mean, he is, mm-hmm. they sat down. This is an interesting point. If you watched the debate last night, you saw uh, uh, the typical debate stage with the banners and the graphics and the signs and all of the, the stuff that makes it look like a, a show, okay? And that cost thousands of dollars you know for people to put that up and get it right so oh, so the that drone flying around oh it's yeah. for one night the thing was up there and and he had all the cameras it was it was a really expensive impressive looking uh site now with trump and tucker they they went into bedminster I, they went into i guess to a small conference room in a, into a corner somewhere the and they put and a, they put a table down between them yeah they had a chair on the right, a chair on the left. They had a panel wall background. They they lit it well enough. They probably had three cameras, and which is that's that's a standard news setup when you're doing an interview. You know, three 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 cameras set up. You know, one for President Trump close up, one for Tucker close up, and the middle one for a wide shot, a two shot of of the two of them. That's it, and. They it was like watching them sit around a, a campfire or something. It was so it was so relaxed and so honest compared to the stage show, the 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 folly bijere that they were having over at the, the Republican debate. And I'll give you. I'm going to play for you a sample. The, one of the questions that President Trump was asked by Tucker took my breath away. He asked the question twice. I'm only going to play it once, but he asked the question. Two separate times in the program, President Trump, in his, uh, he's a smart guy, folks. You may think he's a buffoon. You may think he's boisterous. But when he's doing a one-on-one interview, for the most part, he thinks around corners. And he was asked, uh, what's next? Are they going to kill you? Something along those lines. Are they going to kill you? He didn't answer it directly. And we'll talk about that in a second. It's not working. Your poll numbers go up. When they raided Mar-a-Lago in August yeah. of last year, your numbers went up. Um, they can indict you 20 times, and it's not gonna, you're not going to lose the Republican primary because of that. Well, so, it like, makes it look even more ridiculous. I mean, the four indictments, and maybe there'll be more. I don't know. These people are crazy. But they're counterproductive. So if you chart it out, it's an escalation yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. 
so what's next after you know trying to put you in prison for the rest of your life that's not working so like don't they have to kill you now i th i think the people of our country uh, don't get enough credit for how smart they are. I, and I, I'm not sure I would have said this 10 years ago, but they get it, you know? They yeah. really get it. When somebody gets indicted, your poll numbers go down. When somebody gets indicted, you announce, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be leaving to spend time with my family and to fight for the rest of my life on this stuff. But you're out of politics. I got indicted four times. All trivia, nonsense, bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's horrible when you look and, and you look at what they're doing. It is all nonsense. I mean, he absolutely, uh, first of all, you heard at the end there where he got into a colloquial, colloquialism and it was, um, you know, it was honest, it was true, and, it, and he, he expressed what we're all thinking. Uh, mm -hmm. It's all BS. Um, but he didn't answer the question about, are they going to have to kill you? Directly. He didn't answer that. And the second time he asked it, a few minutes later in the interview, he gave kind of another evasive answer and, again, never specifically answered that question. And I think it's because he doesn't want to encourage anybody. He doesn't want to give it any any credence. He doesn't want to get somebody out there in the audience thinking about something. By, well. by taking the answer in another direction, he got away from the subject, if you know what I'm saying. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I think he's prepared for it, and I think the Democrats, let's just go to the Democratic side of everything. If you look at every time, and there's videos out there on it where they actually, you know, did the chronology of the timeline, every time something happened bad for Joe Biden, the very next day an indictment came down. One, two, three, four. And there is a fifth one in the wings, and that, that one is from Katie Hobbs in, uh, in Arizona, going to do the same thing, same type charges. They're going to do it. And I believe that they have, you know, like you go to Ikea, you buy, you buy a, a desk, and you have to put it all together, and you open up the page, and it goes step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. I think the Democrats have a plan like that. You know, step one, two, three, four. Okay, if five, if the fifth indictment doesn't work, all right, here's where you take the whole box and everything and you throw it up in the air and smash it on the floor. They have it in their plans that if they have to take him out, they will. And he knows it. And he absolutely 100% knows it and I'll tell you why when he asked was asked the question both times he didn't take a deep breath he didn't he didn't uh, his eyes didn't widen he didn't rock back in the chair it was a it was as if it was uh, a possibility that everybody including himself on the, on his organization has considered you know I'm I'm sure that at some point in time when they first came to the realization they probably had to go off and be quiet and slam things around going, this isn't fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then at, after you, ex you, you, you accept the fact of it is what it is, you know, it's like being diagnosed with cancer. You know, Mr. Harrington, you've, you've got six months, you know, is he going to make it to the presidency? That's the real question. When, where, and how are they going to try to, 
pull this off because I think, you know, it's it's like a hit job. You know, even if you get what you want, the Democratic wants the Democratic Party wants him out of the running. Joe is vindictive. Joe Biden is vindictive. Ask the gentleman from uh, Provo, Utah. Ask the oh, gentleman yeah. from Arizona. They're both dead. Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. So Joe is vindictive. You don't F with Joe. He said that, well, folks. Yes, he did. And it's time for us to get Joe the F out of Washington, to coin a phrase from him. And I didn't say it. I didn't jump mm-hmm. over the fence on this one, which sometimes I do. I'll wallow in the mud. But, you know, the point is we are at a critical stage here. And you've got to ask yourself the question, what if they did do what we're talking about? There's 100 million of you that sat there and watched Trump last which night. Which leads me to the next point. Him. He said something. He concluded the interview yesterday with maybe the heaviest question. Mm-hmm. If it's hard to believe, there's a question heavier than what happens. Don't they have to kill you? You know. But the heaviest question, in my opinion, on that whole interview with Trump, was: Are we headed for a civil war? And Trump did take a bit of a breath. He said, "When I spoke in front of the crowd on January 6th." It was the biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of. I'm paraphrasing a bit, folks, but it's close. Biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of. It was amazing. He said, but what I felt and what I saw were two things. He said, I, I never seen such love, such love. The crowd was filled with people who were passionate, passionate. He said, they love this country. They love the United States. He said, and then I saw hatred. And he said, the hatred was the same people hated what was happening to their country. It was the same intensity as the love of country. It was the hatred for what was happening to the country. And he concluded the interview by saying, Love, I think love or passion and hatred, two things that can't coexist or something along those lines. But it was such a heavy moment, you realized what he was saying was he wasn't saying no, we're not headed for a civil war. If anything, he was acknowledging the fact that we have an environment right now that is conducive to a civil war. Now, say what you you want about Trump. In my opinion, he's a thinker. He's an intelligent man. He doesn't get to do what he's done all his life, be the success that he is by being a numbskull and a buffoon. The guy thinks around corners. People who know him, and I know this is an expression you've heard before, but I think it really fits for this guy. He, he's thinking five chess moves ahead, all right? Where we're playing one-on-one, he's already thought of five moves ahead. And for him to say, we're living in a country of passion and hate, intense passion and intense hate, not a good environment, I think is what he said, not a good environment. Well, And I think he's right. I do think he's right. I think that's, you know, if they put him in jail, you know, he could be, he could be arrested today. He could say something in the courtroom that the judge may revoke his bail and put him in jail. 
You know, Fanny is, uh, she accused, uh, oh, who is it? Uh, uh, the former, uh, you know, uh, I guess district attorney, one of his, one of his Eastman attorney, John Eastman, uh, uh Rudy Jeff, Giuliani, Jeff Clark, okay. Jeff Clark. She accused him of not knowing the law. He was wrong in the law, wrong in this. And cause he's the one that's asking for the trial, uh, everything to be moved to after the election or moved out of the venue. And she's, ah, oh, you're isn't wrong that, in this, wrong in that. Isn't that Mark Meadows? No, this is um, Jeffrey Clark. Uh, Jeff Clark is uh, wrong on uh, wrong, and um, she's just saying that he doesn't know what the heck he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, right. But either way, you know. Uh, now I just got off my my train well, of thought here. The the idea that that she would criticize a, 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 an attorney. Well, go ahead. No, no. I would go ahead. You finish your thought, and I'll tell you what I was. Well, say. the idea that that she would criticize somebody who's who has the stature and all of these guys who were indicted, uh, 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 you know, the uh, Rudy Giuliani, mm-hmm. a, a, not just the mayor of New York, but he was a prosecutor, U.S. attorney for years. He was a he put the mafia in New York in jail. He mm-hmm. closed down the mafia in New York. You don't do that if you don't know the law and how to use the law. He's a he, this guy could be teaching in any university in the country, and she's well, a, she booked him yesterday. Yeah, and she's booking him on RICO violations, which is what he used. She's trying yeah. to school him on laws that he carved and made. And this is what, what I was trying to point out about Fanny, because you know Jeff Clark and Giuliani, they're talking about law, actual factual law. Now. Fanny is a little bit different here because let's get back to the grand jury and the indictment and what what it really is. This is where you get into that that area of law called courtroom theater, court theater. And with that, you are trying to make law, case law, or redefine law. So for her to say, you don't know the law, no, she's really saying is, I'm going to rewrite this law to suit what I want it to be. And she's got a, the grand jury, the grand jury, you only the prosecutor gets to pick them. And the grand jury has no power, but to just say, yeah, let's go to trial. Yeah. Yeah. You want a trial and they don't get to hear it. But again, you know, they have say, you know, and the other side gets to help pick that jury. It's going to be tough, though. It's a stacked deck to begin with, and it is not. The legal system, in a nutshell, is not balanced scales. It is not the fairest of, of uh, at all. Mm-hmm. And she's got, she's got, she holds all the cards, and she's got six or seven aces in that deck. You know what amazes me about her? She's the, uh, she's the DA in Fulton County. She spent most of her life in Southern California. You know, she mm-hmm. she's not really from Georgia. Uh, she she was put there, placed in Georgia, like most of these people were were placed in their positions. And uh, uh, she is not what she purports to be. She is um, uh, she's a fraud. But she she will she has no re- reservation about embarrassing these people. I mean, Rudy Giuliani and and. Uh, all the other people, Sidney uh, Powell, uh, who was there yesterday and got her mug shot, um, Jenna Ellis, 
who was uh, there, and she smiled during her mugshot. You got yeah, you have to you have to applaud her for doing that. Um, and, but you know they're going to do that with the president of the United States of America, the country. Excuse my expression. The country, our country, should be pissed right now that they are going to take one of our revered presidents, and whether you like him or not, a lot of people do. Hundreds yeah. of thousands, hundreds of millions of people like this guy around the world, and tens of millions of people in this country like this guy. And yeah. to take him and to to drag his image through the gutter like they're going to do in Fulton County, Georgia, is a travesty and it's wrong. It shouldn't look at I would I don't like Obama. I don't like Obama. I don't want to see him dragged through the mud either because whether you like him or not he's a former president of the united states now if they ever prove one day that he did something that was treasonous all bets are off but they haven't done that with president trump and they won't because you know you have to have evidence you can make all the accusations in the world but if you don't have evidence it's for naught. it's for nut it's it's an empty box well, you have nothing they're trying they're trying to say this uh this congressional hearing is all the evidence they need, and it was a one-sided hearing. They didn't allow testimony from the other side. Oh, they sit there and they uh, what's her um, what's her name? The little blonde lady. And now, see, I forget her name now. Cheney, mm -hmm. Liz Cheney. You uh, know, she is very forgettable. Believe me. Oh, yes, you're forgettable. Yes. Please go away. <laughs> uh, anyway, it, it it was all just crap mm -hmm. it was you know it was there was no facts there and it has no legal bearing which they're trying to do well it was an insurrection they proved it no they 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 wanted to claim that and clamor that they were building they were building the case for their narrative mm -hmm. let's call it what it is but no laws were broken none have been proven to be broken and there were no convictions so when somebody goes the Constitution, the 14th Men Amendment, Article 3, that is bogus. But if they can sell you on this, then they've won. So pay attention as to what is going on. You know, there's a popular meme out there right now that um, yeah, my, my, my lady friend up in Boston, I think, put it on her Facebook page. But it shows Trump in, you know, a black, you know, jumpsuit sitting there like he's in jail, you know, and the question was, if Trump was convicted uh, and in jail, would you vote for him? In a heartbeat. And then the answer, uh, yeah. And then uh, on the turn back was, uh, I think it was one of the uh, the pictures that they, they they were showing yesterday that Fetterman looked like this actor from, what is it, Breaking Bad or whatever yeah. it is. You know, and he, he, he goes, you're God blank right I would, you know. And yeah. I'm like going... Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, uh, but that, and it's going wild. It's viral. Well, I, I think you mentioned, you, we talked about writing in names yesterday. Yeah. I think I think that unlike other situations, I think writing candidates usually don't have a snowball chance in hell to, uh, you know, to get in. But I think if they took his name off ballots in certain states. You write it in. I think that you would see the, the most, people would go to the voting booths with a pen. And they would make darn sure they'd had ink in it, and they would write Donald J. Trump 
in that space. And he, he would still win the state, whether they like it or not. I would tattoo it on the – no, I wouldn't. I was going to say I, was, I would tattoo it on the poll taker's forehead, but no. No, 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 don't I'm do that. I'm not encouraging that. Um, but, you know, or, and no graffiti, but you just go in, Sybil, in the de- say, yes, I'd like to vote, and write it in. In the debate last night, Chris Christie, uh, he thought he was being funny by, by slamming the skinny guy. I thought, my God, for anybody to bring up somebody's weight – it shouldn't be Chris Christie, but here's how it yeah. went. Um, my hands are in my pockets. Let us be honest as Republicans. I'm the only person on the stage who isn't bought and paid for, so I can say this. The climate change oh, agenda whoa, 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 whoa. is a hoax. <laughs> the climate change agenda is a hoax. And we have to declare independence. And the reality is the anti-carbon agenda is the wet blanket on our economy. And so the reality is more people are dying of bad climate change policies than they are of actual climate change. Governor, Governor Haley, are you bought and paid for? Hold on, hold on. Listen, listen, listen. Hold on, hold on. I've had enough. I've had enough already tonight of a guy who sounds like ChatGPT standing up here. And the last person in one of these debates, Brett, who stood in the middle of the stage and said... What's a skinny guy with an odd last name doing up here was Barack Obama. That was racist. And I'm afraid we're dealing with the same type of amateur standing in stage tonight. Give me a hug. Give me a hug just like you did to Obama. same type of amateur. And you'll help elect me just like you did to Obama, too. Give me that The same type of amateur. You know, it got buried, but I love what Vivek said at the end. He said, give me a hug. Give me a hug just like you did Obama. It'll help elect me into the presidency. He was right about that. He was referring about the... Hug that uh, he gave Obama during the Hurricane Sandy uh, situation mm-hmm. when he flew into New Jersey and, and you know, Chris Christie genuflect <laughs> as he got off the plane. Ay, ay, ay. But it was, but, you know, you notice that was like, it was so raucous and confusing. And the audience was, it was like watching the, an audience from The View. I should point this out. It was pointed out yesterday in one of the news programs, the people who are sitting in that audience, they're not the average uh, Republican voter. They are partisans. They are people who are supporting the candidates on the on the stage. So if the audience holds 300 people, maybe 50 of them are uh, DeSantis supporters and another 50 are uh, Ramaswamy uh, supporters. And, and it goes on like that. So, you know, you're always going to have a cheering section in the audience for one of the candidates. But, you know, there was a point when they asked about Trump being thrown in jail and would you elect him, and the crowd cheered every single one, maybe two dissenters. That's true. That that means that that crowd was a Trump crowd. They were giving, they were invited to go to this debate, and they were giving the other candidates a chance. The only one that sailed above everything was Ramaswamy, but I still say they're all disqualified because of their stance on January 6th, and they don't know. Obviously, nobody's got the legalities down. I think Ramaswamy does, but even he was going, I got to go with the trend here. And the only thing that I would tell Vivek is don't ever sway away from your true belief. If you believe that, that you know, that uh, what's going down with January 6th is right, then then say that. But if not... Yeah, for you all know. of them to raise their hand, except I didn't know all of them raised their hand. 
They all thought that Mike Pence. Yeah, I wouldn't have raised my hand. All of them and, thought that Mike Pence did the right thing. Unbelievable. I thought you. And Mike Pence started the, the racism he took, off. He's, and he took a victory lap, by the way. Mike Pence was like, see? You know, of course he did the right thing. It was the constitutional thing. He's like, oh, No, me. it is not the Constitution. And I'm not a constitutionalist, but I'll take this little book right here and say, Mr. Pence, you seem to know everything about it. Let me hold the Bible, the Constitution, and you you repeat the scriptures as you know them, and I will correct you, sir, with what is really what's really in the Constitution. You know, and then you let's know what go he, back to what was asked of you to do, and that was to suspend yeah. voting until if you got a question or there's there's good evidence something's wrong, you gotta look at it. You know, it all boils down to what he took on the day he entered the vice presidency. He raised his right hand, and like every major, not major, minor too, government official who takes an oath, you promised to serve and protect the Constitution of the United States from enemies both foreign and domestic. That was his oath, and he should have... He should have stood by that. What was happening on January on, uh, when, during that election on January 6th was he was presented with a situation where the Constitution was under assault by corrupt entities in the different states. They had cheated. It's proven, folks. You can watch the videotape. It's out there. Don't, they don't want you to believe your lying eyes, but the fact of the matter, you, you have to because it's there. And... They, he How had many an, people do you think were there? He had an obligation. He had an obligation to say, wait a second. It's not that I will not certify the election. It's that I will not certify it today. Right. We are in recess. I'm sending the votes back to the states for an audit, for a state, state audits. I'm not doing anything other than pausing the process for 10 days while the states make darn sure that they have sent us the accurate figures. And we maybe, maybe we'll send some uh, federal observers to make sure they're doing the job properly. That's what he could have done. But that coward, and I, I do mean coward, he took the easy way out. Because, you know, he's surrounded by Democrats. He's surrounded by uh, leftists. And they were telling him things like, oh, you can't do it. You haven't got the right. It's uh, it's a breaking the law. You can only do one thing. President Trump said last night. So, so what does this mean? You're just a pass through. You just take the votes from A and just hand them to B. You have no control, no authority in your position. President Trump said that's nonsense, and he's absolutely one hundred percent correct. And anybody who knows the Constitution, like my friend Bill just said a little while ago, it's in there. Yeah, it's in there. It's it's in the Constitution. Well, yeah. Uh, anyway, like you. It, you know, uh, I, I we could go on and on. I should play this. Uh, Trump was uh, asked about whether he thought uh, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself, and I thought this was interesting. Listen. Now I'm glad I did because you see, but you know, we had some some great people. I had great people. We'll have even better people if we do this because now I know Washington. Before I didn't know Washington, but guys like Bill Barr were terrible. I mean, they were, I would say, bushies. Uh, I say that with respect to the Bush family, but they were bushies and uh, just it doesn't work out for us. We it was clear, this is kind of far afield, but it was just interesting. I read Barr's 
account of his time. He wrote a book about it, right? Uh, his autobiography, and in it, he lies about Jeffrey Epstein's death. Clearly, lies. Uh, do you, Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I, I will say that you know he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably. He said he killed himself, and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been yeah. public, well, and they hid it. And like, why are they doing that? Well, and clearly, Barr knew. But why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh, uh, McSwain, the U.S. attorney in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, uh, said Barr, Barr just wouldn't let him do it. It was crazy. Barr became so petrified, so frightened of being impeached. They're going to impeach him. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. It's not a big moment in history. But they said, we're going to impeach, you know, they play a much rougher game, the left, the lunatics. And they were going to impeach Bill Barr, and he was petrified. Now, how do you not get impeached? Don't do any of this stuff. But he didn't do the job there. Uh, I don't know what he did with Epstein, but possibly he did Do you think it's possible that Epstein was killed? Oh, sure, it's possible. I I mean, I don't really believe I think he probably uh, committed suicide. He had a life with, you know, beautiful homes and beautiful everything. And he, uh, all of a sudden, he's incarcerated and not doing very well. I would say that he did. But there are those people, there are many people, I think you're one of them, right? But a lot of people think that he uh, he was killed. He knew a lot on a lot of people. He was killed. You I think, think so? I think the, more, the closer you look, I'm not a conspiracy person at all. I believe everything I hear. Uh, but, yeah, the, the closer you look into it, I mean, the Attorney General of the United States, your Attorney General, yeah. clearly lied about the Epstein death. Yeah, he was, he was, uh, certainly it wasn't well done. They had no cameras, they had no anything, everybody was sleeping, and you know, there, the, a case could be made, look, I'm not going to get involved in it, but I can tell you, a case could be made either way, but uh, it certainly wasn't the most well-run place. So, you know, what nobody's saying is that, and people don't talk about this, Jeffrey Epstein's father, I take that back, Bill Barr's father was a headmaster at a school, a private school in New York Mm. City. And he hired a young Jeffrey Epstein, who at the time was not rich, to be a teacher. And Epstein didn't have a degree, but he made him a teacher anyway, so he put him around kids. Now, think what you want, okay? But it's proven that Jeffrey Epstein was a perv, okay? And who hired him? Bill Barr's dad. Yeah. Okay. So it's a small world, but how is it that small that all of a sudden now we have uh, all these years later, uh, Bill Barr supposedly doing an evaluation of the facts on the case about Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's just too much for it to be a coincidence, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, you said it's a small world, and now I got that Disney uh, song in my mind. (laughs) You'll be singing it all day. Yeah, Uh, but, you know, know, it is a small world. Uh, Epstein was a perv, but speaking of small worlds, how many pervs are in the swamp, including the head perv? Oh, it's amazing, Bill. It is amazing. There uh, uh, is... There are more people, I think, in D.C. who are 
have that predilection, if you want to yeah. call it that, than than you ever could have could have imagined. People that we probably see on the news regularly, you know, in suits and ties and pontificating, then right. they, they sneak back to their residences and they change into their alter ego. And uh, it's it's a sick alter ego. Uh, you Maybe you haven't heard about Pizzagate. Pizzagate, there was a, uh, a pizza place in Washington, D.C. Have oh, you heard yeah, about no, this? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this place was a notorious location for... Uh, people who are pedophiles. And yeah, you could order off the menu. You could all, that's exactly right. The menu was tailored. It looked like a pizza menu, but essentially you were ordering something else. And I guess you were, they had a downstairs room in this place. And uh, I don't know, I've forgotten the name. People who are listening to us down in D.C., you know what I'm talking about, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and there were a lot of famous politicians who who visited that pizza place. And people say they really didn't visit it for their average pizza because that pizza was kind of average. Uh, it was for the other things. They had on the walls in this place uh, pictures of little boys and children, uh, drawings of children and adults. Uh, it was supposed to be artistic, but there was a subliminal meaning for all of this stuff. You know, the it's pretty sick, really, when you think about it. And these yeah. are our leaders. Oh, I, I, that's, you know, the thing that gets me about these people is they kind of flaunt it. I mean, look at Joe Biden going out and sniffing little kids' hair and, and rubbing their shoulders and giving them massages and a neck massage. I mean, they kind of let you know subtly that I'm here and this is what I really like to do, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it is vile. It is disgusting, but they're out there. And, and I, you know, I think you told me this, that, and I, and I have backed this up since that uh, we are the largest market for uh, traffic children in the world. Number one. And now you hear, you hear other people talking about it, but yeah, when you go to trafficking of, you know, kids for sex, mm -hmm. we are, we're, we're the biggest consumer. Unbelievable. That, I mean, that we, that's mind-boggling, Bill. It's like, holy oh, Well, okay. I'll tell you, you know what? You want uh, you, you look at uh, the censor caps that they have on free speech, and anything we've talked about today would be banned on, you, uh, on uh, not just YouTube, but on Facebook. Oh, yes. Have you gone to Facebook at night? You'll sit there and see a post from your friend, and right down below is some video thing of some girl in some tight stretch pants doing provocative yoga yeah. things. And I'm going like, what the hell is this? Twerking and or something, you know, whatever they call that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, no, not even that. It's just, you know, spread leg wide open, you know, with a tight outfit on. And I'm going like, wait a minute. YouTube is doing this. Facebook is now doing it. And, you know, we... Bill, it isn't, hand, it isn't a matter, it isn't a matter, Bill, of banning indecency it's a matter of banning inappropriate uh, messages that go against their beliefs their beliefs i mean it's if you go you and i do what you and i would probably consider to be a mainstream talk program that could have very easily have been taken and put on any talk radio station in the country 
And we know that from a matter of experience because we both have programmed stations like that around the country. I mean, big stations. And we don't do the things that uh, we're not shock jocks. We are, for the most part, uh, people who we're professional about what we do. So there's no, we don't risk anybody, uh, anybody's uh, uh, pl- platform, YouTube, or by putting our program on it because all we do is discuss the news and have a conservative bend to our to our d- discussions. But that's not go- that's not good for them. No, no, no. Right. They have a leftist uh, agenda, and if you go against that leftist agenda, you are blackballed. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that. Um, anyway, we could go on and on, but, uh, I, you know, there's one other thing you have, I don't know whether you want to mention anything. You, uh, I, I don't want to stop you if you had something. You oh, wanted. no, I was, I, I, I was looking at a story, you know, you talk about, uh, there's all the narrative that is, that is going on with, um, uh, transgender and, uh, and everything like that. There was, uh, uh, a black lesbian law professor, uh, I forget what, uh, uh famous school anyway. Uh, she did a blog saying that uh, transgenders have uh, no business in women's sport. Uh, she wrote a blog about it, and she was censored for violating community rules. I think it was Harvard. Uh, her name's Monica Harris. So she concluded that uh, we are not a free society. She just and figured this- that out? She well, just figured that out? I mean, it, 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 does it take this long for the left to get it? They've been they've well, been black. But she, you said she was a transgender, right? No, no, she is a black lesbian. She's not a transgender. Okay. Right. She's, She's saying that, yeah, right. Because and uh, Martina, uh, what is it? Uh, Martina uh, Navratilova. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's uh, who you know. She's gay. Yeah, I but know. she's None come out and said, years. you know what? Yeah, but she's come out and said, what's going on with transgenders in sport is wrong, and what's going on with kids being told that they are transgender and moved towards transgenderism. She goes, we've gone from uh, a a situation where transgender was 0.01% of the population to where now it's in double digits overnight because they're shoving it down kids' throats. You know, in schools now, kids are allowed to identify as a panda bear, a kitty cat, a dog. Oh, I know. It's disgusting. And they can bark. Or they could go, you know, the teacher ask him a question. Meow. Well, you know, they'll meow, fire meow. a teacher if a teacher says we only use he and she in this. In this, They'll fire you. Some school districts. And they've, yeah, done, they've I mean, done it. We have, uh, we have hit a point to where can we actually turn this whole, my bus again, can we sort of back this bus up? Can we turn this bus around and get it going in the right direction? I think we can, but I do think we need to get some adults in the room. I think we need to get some adults to make serious decisions and stop trying to uh, push this nonsense. And everybody knows it's nonsense, even those who are trying to sell it to you. They know how silly it is. They're trying to pretend what we're doing is very important. Think about this, friends. Four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, these weren't even an issue. Nobody was no. talking about this nonsense. And when you talked about somebody who was a trans, a transgender, you know, it was like RuPaul and he was like a, he was a, he was an entertainer, period. Yeah. 
If I were the devil, I'd turn men into women and women into men. Thank you, Paul Harvey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I wanted to play one more cut. Sure. Uh, from last night, uh, the interview with uh, President Trump. Uh, they were talking about uh, Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace. And I thought, All you got to right. listen to it. You, you definitely know what Tucker Carlson thinks of Chris Wallace. Listen. Biden and thinks someone else has got to be running the government. Well, somebody else has to be. Uh, I don't think he's capable of doing no. anything. Look, when I debated him, I said, how come, and this was in front of, probably not a friend of yours, Chris Wallace, he was the moderator. Not a friend. I said, why did, why is it, he wants to be Mike, but he doesn't have the talent. It's one of those. Bitchy little, little man. He wanted to be his father, but he didn't have the talent of his father. His father was great. His he's father. A little fussy man. His father interviewed me in 60 Minutes. It was actually a 10. Can you believe it? No, I told you, but I his been, father had talent, at no, least. I may have been the only guy that he gave a good 60 Minutes. So he was rough. Really? His father was tough. He was great, though. He was great at what he did, but. Uh, Chris Wallace was so upset, he was guarding this guy who wouldn't do a show, by the way. You know, he wouldn't do I figured I didn't mind Chris Wallace because uh, he wouldn't do Biden wouldn't do a show. And it was very obvious. You know, he kept asking him and asking, but he wouldn't do the show. So I figured he's got to like me. But he came from a different planet. But remember when I asked the question, why is it that? The mayor of Moscow's wife is allowed to give you three and a half million dollars. Don't forget, that was brought up now. It's brought up all the time. But that was brought up by me long before anyone ever heard of it. I said, the mayor of Moscow's wife giving you three and a half million dollars. What did you do to deserve three and a half million dollars? To Biden. And Chris Wallace said, this doesn't, uh, this has nothing to do with the debate. <laughs> I mean, he fought. He got in the way of the question. No, he, well, it was, it was crazy. And I said, well, wait a minute. He got three and a half million from the mayor of Moscow's wife. Now, people forget that, but if you go back and take a look, you will see. And Chris Wallace didn't want me to ask that question. I said, I think it's a very appropriate question. It turned out to be much more appropriate than people thought. You know, it's amazing. Uh, I do think that uh, I don't think Trump should do another debate until he's up against uh, the Democratic challenger or his uh, opponent. Yeah, I, I don't even know that he has to do a debate because uh, nobody has proven Joe is Joe, and debate or no debate, the people are going to vote the way they're going to vote. I think they've already made up their minds. It's just the media has got to convince America that Joe wins it again. That's really the debate. That's really what's going to go on. I think it's going to be stolen again, but I think this time the wills have got, you know, they say a train when it goes down the track, the actual wheel, that big wheel, the the, the amount of uh, that, it, that it touches the track is just the size of a dime. You know, and if it's that fragile and stuff, this train has got to be going off the track. And I yeah. think if we sit there and we see another stolen election, I don't know that America is going to go, well, another four years. Okay. You heard what President Trump, what I told you President Trump said about a civil war. I mean... He didn't say no. He didn't just jump in. Oh, we're not headed toward no. We're not going. He implied that it definitely was a possibility. I mean, it was an interesting night. Now today, of course, the the oxygen is going to be all uh, coming from Fulton County because they're going to make it look like they've arrested uh, uh, Al Capone and uh, he's going in front of a judge. And they're going to have every camera that they can get on the planet down in Atlanta, 
uh, so that they can see President Trump walk in and be embarrassed by this 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 poor excuse for an attorney, this Fannie Willis. I mean, this is this is obscene. It should not happen. There should be justice, but the justice should be against the people who are abusing the the legal system to make political points. And that's these people. So that'll be the story for today. And th- there was another big story yesterday that nobody's mm-hmm. talking about, and it happened in Russia. I don't know whether you oh, heard about yeah, this. The, yeah, okay. The, 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 it was the, uh, the, Wa- the Wagner Group leader, Yevgeny Priskoshin. Uh, yeah, his plane went down. You, he was the guy who brought all of his troops he- headed toward Moscow about uh, six weeks ago. They were going to go in and they were going to do a revolution. And about at the last minute, he stopped and he turned them around. And I guess they came to a deal and he thought that he could trust uh, Putin. Well, apparently he was in Moscow yesterday, and uh, I think he was even talking with Putin. I could be wrong, but uh, the plane that he got on to return to his troops yesterday, his his private jet, for no good reason. They think some people, witnesses, said they saw a surface-to-air missile hit it. Well, And he went down. Now, they still haven't definitively said whether he was on the plane or not. Let's dissect this a little bit. Number one, Wagner, his group, they're mercenaries. Right. They they fight for the highest bidder. So they turncoated because somebody gave him more money to go after Putin. So that was why they were marching towards it. it, it they they have no allegiance to anybody but the you know the ruble or the dollar bill. Bill, but the thing is, he didn't need the money. This guy is a multi billionaire on his own. Well, but people get into the habit of making money, whether they need it or not. It becomes a disease to where they can't stop doing it. How much enough is not enough. But in the past week, in the past couple of days, I remember a story about two days ago that all of these guys from the Wagner group, mm-hmm. they went off the radar. They disappeared. And they put Putin on alert. His body double and everything. So now these guys get on a plane and a plane goes down. I'm sitting there going, you know, if I'm a world leader or I'm a dictator, no matter what my my political draw is, and I've got to pay for a higher guy out there, and he's a loose cannon on the deck, he could be, his gun could be coming my way, could be going another way. I'd probably take him out, you know, because that's the world that they live and work in. And Biden does it. Everybody has done it. The, you know, the world of espionage and the terrorists well, and everything again, else. They def, they, as of the last that I've seen, they think he was on the plane. They, there, were they ten, know that. there were 10 people on the plane. They don't talk about the other, the other people who died for no good reason. But uh, they're assuming that uh, he was on the plane because I guess he owned the plane. But in the past, he has missed the plane and gone other ways. So... Um, well, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Could he have been? Could he have taken down his own plane and he's in hiding? You know, you know that's a very that there's a there's a, a story a theme for a movie. You know, the, maybe there's somebody in the plane that was getting too close to uh, the seat of power in his Wagner group, and he so figured he just, this was a good opportunity to get rid of a, a bunch of people. I don't know. 
Yeah. But uh, God knows. Um, anyway, that was a big story. It, it still is a big story, and there's going to be more coming out on that story, I'm sure, today. Also, uh, something else happened yesterday that nobody's talking about. Uh, this was interesting. Listen, well, she doesn't say it in sure. the soundbite, but I'm going to let you hear what uh, what uh, Christy Nome from South Dakota says yesterday about uh, the, the situation we're in right now. This is a lady who could be president someday. Listen. This really is a war. It's a war for our country and for our federal yeah. laws that have been passed in our Constitution. They are threatening our sovereignty right now, and the cartels are out for blood, and they are facilitating the trafficking of our children each and every day. That's what I find so shocking about the way that Biden continuously violates federal law is the lack of humanity in these policies. And I hope you all, you talk about this in your press today, and I hope you play this and you print it. These policies are inhumane. She's another ber- person who should be on Trump's short list for vice president because she is yeah. articulate, again, a good-looking lady, and very sharp. And she's sending troops next month to the southern border in support of the troops that uh, uh, the Texas governor, Abbott, has already positioned down there. So uh, she's putting her her money where her mouth is, so to speak. She's sending troops down there. Now, that's that's quite impressive. And a big story that, of course, mainstream media doesn't want to even talk about. Anyway, I think we've done it again. The clock on the wall says uh, it's time to to pull the plug on this one, but we will uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Same time, same bad channel. And uh, I, I should remind you that we can be reach, reached at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And there's mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at itsanotherday.com. <clears throat> He's ready. He's ready. Here he goes. Here's the wind-up and the 3-2 delivery. Hasta la vista, baby. My neighbors are going, what the hell's going on? That house is going to start. We're out of here. A terrorist sleeper cell has plans to detonate a suitcase nuclear device while the president and the Israeli prime minister are making an appearance at the convention center in Pittsburgh. Can a retired New York City cop stop it from happening? If the cop is Jack Kane, then it's got a good chance. Strike at the Giant, a Jack Kane mystery by Jim Harrington, is a page-turner that will keep you riveted from cover to cover. Strike at the Giant, a Jack Kane mystery from Dover and Blackstone Media, LLC, is available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and many other great online book sites. Or visit itsanotherday.com and click on our link at the top of the page. When it comes to mysteries and a great read, Strike of the Giant is all you need. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. 
Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?